This is the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. Well, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Back on the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. Uh, just quick start before we uh, get into the substance of today's uh, intellectual food. Please, please rate my stuff. Go onto iTunes, rate it five stars only. If you're going to do four, don't bother. Uh, like my Facebook page, Catholic Movie Guy. Follow me on Twitter at CathMovieGuy. And feel free to send comments, questions to CatholicMovieGuy.com, or you can leave comments on the website on each post. I will respond. Um, I know it's been quite a while since the last podcast, and uh, I know that uh, I can make it up to you because I will be appearing live this Friday in the 2 p.m. hour, mostly in my civilian persona with the great Monsignor Eugene Morris on Covenant Network in St. Louis's Catholic Radiothon. Uh, it's a good cause. They do a great job providing the uh, local Catholic radio content, so please call in, especially at that hour. Donate. They do a great job, and you can find them on 1080 or uh, Covenant Network if you Google them online. I know the podcasts have been light lately. There's three main reasons for that. One is um, you know, real life, I have a real job. This doesn't pay all of my bills, most of them. So that's that's the main reason. The second one is ah, MoviePass died, you know? Uh, I was able to see for $10 a month basically any movie uh, that I wanted to, and occasionally there was a gem and I'd have something to talk about. If you've seen lately uh, what's been coming out, it's been kind of, in my opinion, dire very dire, and with the death of MoviePass, basically, I, I had to cancel it because it wasn't worth it anymore, because instead of getting uh, as many movies as you wanted once a day per month, you are limited to, like, two choices every weekend, and they weren't the, the movies that just came out, you know. I had to cancel it, so so my choices have to be very, very worth it uh, for, for myself financially. The final reason is it's very tough to, uh, to get a co-host... Uh, when I'm available. So, you know, the most frequent co-host, Mr. Bo Bonner, the great professor, he has a real life, he has important things to do, he has his own radio show, and our schedules don't often overlap. The other co-host, the great, the only, the legend, the myth, the man, the Tim man, he, you know, doesn't see new movies, and he, you know, his his interest level in the podcast, I would say, is is minimal, and uh, uh, despite the adoring fans. So, I've come up with a solution. I'm going to, instead of just relying on these, of course, I'm going to going to do the full-length um, host, co-hosted podcasts as we did before. I'm also going to do some quicker hits just when I've seen a movie I want to talk about, whether it's old, new, whatever. I'm going to talk about it because I'm the Catholic movie guy and I'm not waiting on anybody. So today I wanted to talk about two movies in particular that I've seen recently that share some common themes and that I think are are very, very worthy of your attention. They're both kind of more, I won't say independent, what does that even mean anymore, but uh, I will say smaller budget uh, flicks, not the the popcorn flicks. First of all, I saw, if you're looking for a popcorn flick, the the newest Mission Impossible was great, lived up to the hype. Uh, And if you're just looking for some escapist fun night out that that, uh, the, the husband and the wife might enjoy together, uh, that would definitely fit the bill. But if you're looking for something a little deeper, a little better maybe, um, something that might penetrate and resonate a little more, I have two films for you. The first is called Eighth Grade, and the second is called Searching. Um, both of them, I think, are still in the theaters, although they're both on their way out as well. 
and both of them really don't have uh, what I would call star power or uh, a ton of action, so to speak. Uh, Searching does star John Cho, who is, I would say, a minor star. He's been in Star Trek. Uh, he's probably best known for Harold and Kumar, which I looked up. is now, I can't believe it, 14 years old, which makes me feel very old. Uh, so he's the biggest star in either film, but but that's not what it's about. Uh, I guess the second biggest star would be the director of 8th grade, Bo Burnham, famous uh, comedian. And this is kind of like when Adam Sandler did... Uh, Punch Drunk Love, it's like you didn't know that, that a comedian had this depth in him. But as we all know, the greatest comedians are often ones who are uh, making light of serious suffering or pain. And uh, this movie qualifies. They're both kind of about interacting uh, in the modern world with social media or maybe anti-social media because uh, this voyeuristic participation in others' lives without any investment. That's kind of the the themes of the movie, and it doesn't just condemn those things, although I guess if I had to say what the movies did, it would be on the side of, you know, critical of them. It more just reflects the reality and and kind of leaves open what are we humans supposed to do with this. So let's start with 8th Grade. I think 8th Grade is the better film. It's been getting a lot of Oscar buzz, if that matters to you. It doesn't really matter to me anymore uh, in light of what the Oscars have become, but uh, it does indicate that overwhelmingly critics like it. I think it has something like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Of, you know, That's pretty impressive. Um, it's basically what it is. It's the story of 8th grade w- through the eyes of this one girl. The girl's played by Elsie Fisher, who um, I'd never really heard of before the movie. She's best known as being the voice of um, Agnes from the Despicable Me movie. And, uh, you know, other than that, I, I, I didn't know she existed, which I think is perfect for this, because you don't really want someone that, that you recognize as, ah, child actress X, that, that would kind of cheapen her, or, I don't know, I think it might affect the movie negatively, because one of the themes of the movie is that she's just kind of this plain Jane, uh, normal, not, not, a, not a nerd necessarily, not, not someone who sticks out for being unpopular, just this kind of wallflower eighth grader. They make a great point in the movie to show a lot of close-ups of her face and her, her self-image, and you know it's, it's riddled with the typical craters and pimples and blemishes that you would expect of an eighth grader. And she's, you know, she, is a, she is a pretty girl in, from a certain viewpoint, and then from another one, she's, she's very plain. They, they couldn't have done a better job of picking eighth grade girl uh, out of a lineup. And then when you see her acting chops, it's doubly impressive. The, the premise of the movie is basically her finishing up eighth grade. She is um, in a single-parent situation. I can't remember if uh, it's because her mother passed away. I believe so when she was very young. But it's just her and her father. The father's played by a guy named Josh Hamilton, who's one of those actors, again, not, not a star, uh, that you would see his face and you think, ah, I've seen him before, but you can't really place where, when, or how. And, uh, you know, basically a character actor. And he does a great job as her father. Um, conveying the necessary levels of interest and disinterest that you would expect of a typical father in his young daughter's uh, social life in eighth grade. He's not overbearing uh, at all, but he does care, but he doesn't care enough, or maybe in the right ways, in the awkward ways. So he, he did a great job of conveying that, but we follow um, the character played by Elsie through her trials and travails, and I couldn't help but think, and it's set, set in the present day, I couldn't help but contrast it with last year's Oscar contender coming-of-age story, Lady Bird, 
which is set in the senior year of high school in 2003, I believe, 2002-2003. And it really affected me, Lady Bird. You know, I, I don't know if, if you had a chance to listen to our Oscar uh, commentary earlier this year. I believe it was around January we had an Oscar-themed podcast. Uh, Mr. Bo Bonner, the great Bo Bonner, the right reverend Bo Bonner, did not like Lady Bird. He hated it. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I, I can understand why. First of all, the, all these movies, I want to say, are rated R. And as one of the ladies who likes to comment on my blog says, uh, it's rated R, so I won't be seeing it. So they do deal with some serious subject matter here, and it's not always uh, the characters making wise decisions. However, just like Lady Bird, you see that this is basically a good and average human being who's trying desperately to fit in, but also to stand out and exp- you know express herself and and find what her her kind of purpose way in the in the world is but with ladybird i related it related to it more as um a peer because that's around the time that i came up in high school and college as well went to a catholic school just like ladybird and when i say catholic i mean nominally catholic not like we were learning the baltimore catechism every day so I really did relate to uh, her almost as, as oh, that's my high school experience. And of course, when we're talking high school in 2003, we're basically talking about uh, subject matter that's on par with, I think, eighth grade today. So as I'm watching this eighth grade movie, and this, this girl goes has recourse to the internet to Google um, terms about, you know, sexuality and... and romantic not romantic at all actually but those sorts of things and they're all there at her fingertips uh, to the horror of i'm sure any adult i related to this movie more as a parent and i was cringing and just deploring and bemoaning the fact that not only is this information readily accessible to an eighth grader but that for most eighth graders now this is probably the reality not just some sort of outlier um so that was horrifying to me but the movie also sends the message that, you know, despite the fact that we constantly have to interact with YouTube and Snapchat and Twitter and get our information from these sterile uh, third-party websites instead of in the family where it should come from, that you know, humanity is still going to come through. And we see in the actions of this, this young girl that in the end she does make some very mature and wise choices thanks to the influence of her father. And I also wanted to, to say that the, the father's not perfect in any way, but uh, a very positive force in an unusual way for Hollywood, in my opinion, especially with movies about young girls. Um, I wanted to say that in this movie, they also make it a, a very big point, just like in Lady Bird, not in, it's not a proselytizing movie in any way, uh, so please don't go in thinking you're going to see Fireproof or something. To, but they make a, a big point that this girl, as opposed to other peers her age, makes a point to pray to God, and that prayer bears fruit within the movie. And she also makes a point to stand up for her belief belief in God when questioned about it at one point in the movie, as opposed to what maybe you would expect. So that was also very heartening, and perhaps a very subtle theme and message about uh, how to combat the modern world. So I, I thought it was fantastic. The acting was fantastic. And uh, those underlying themes kind of pushed it up for me. I would give it a very strong 9 out of 10. Again, I don't rate 10s based on the first time I've seen it. And I don't believe it was quite as affecting or resonant, perhaps just because of my personal circumstance, as Lady Bird. But it might even be the better film. I don't know. 
Uh, so I'll sit with that one, and it'll definitely be on my year-end list. Uh, great, great movie. But what did my wife think about the movie? Hi, honey. Oh, hi, dear. How's it going? It's great. <clears throat> you know, yeah, just watching uh, our children. Yeah, just working here, keeping the nose mm-hmm. of the grindstone. You know. Um. Anyway, uh, you know that movie, uh, Eighth Grade. I do know that movie. Did Did you like it? Yes. But I was very, the whole time, I just thought, are, are there people, I was angry. I was very angry through it. You were, you were angry. Why was I angry? Indeed. Uh, well, because I just, sort first of all, I didn't know that there's ever anybody that could be as possibly awkward as she is. I, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. The other thing, too, is that the whole time I'm sitting there and thinking that this is the future of our society and the reason that she is the way that she is if she is like that and with her phone and all this is because that's what parents allow and even the dad in some parts is like you you are I, I, I don't know what what is the I can't even think of the term but just there there's no backboned parenting nothing and so you were angry very wonderful goodbye so there you have it. The Catholic movie gal agrees with me. Mostly. Let's uh, also turn now to the lesser, but perhaps more entertaining for the majority of the audience movie, which is Searching. Searching is not only a, a drama thriller, mostly a thriller, I would say mystery. So that kind of gets uh, more audience in the beginning. Not only has a bigger star power, relatively speaking, since it stars someone you would recognize, but it also has a gimmick. And I normally don't know about these gimmick films. You know, uh, sometimes they work great, like Memento, where it's, oh, the movie's backwards. Sometimes uh, not so much. But this one, it really does. And the gimmick in this one is we're going to talk about social media, the internet, modern life, through the perspective of someone whose daughter has disappeared. Maybe she's ran away, maybe she's been abducted. And the father wants to, uh, of course, like any father, search out his daughter. Difference between, say, 1958, where you just have to kind of rely on the gumshoe detective work down at the station, is that here you can get online and start Googling for yourself. You know, what was your, what did your daughter's Snapchat say? What did your daughter's Twitter say? What did your daughter's YouTube say? What did your daughter's UCAS say? You can get on Google Map and you can see where her last location was, where she might have turned off the road or where she might have gotten out of town through. You can check her bank statements online. And all that is, a, is you know, what this father starts doing with the permission of the, uh, you know, the detectives on the case. They're not relying on him. It's kind of a parallel investigation, but they don't dissuade him either. So the gimmick being not just that he's doing these things, but that you literally are seeing his perspective as he does so. You're basically watching the movie as though it's his computer screen or phone screen, whatever he's looking at. 
So the interactions that he's having are through FaceTime on the computer or phone on the computer. You're seeing the website as he types in the search terms. You're seeing what pops up. You're seeing the videos he clicks on, etc. And when I heard about the gimmick, I thought, wow, that's clever. That is great. And I thought, that's got to get old real quick, real quick. But they do a lot of uh, clever things to keep it fresh. Not only the FaceTime gambits where he's calling people on FaceTime more often perhaps than you would in real life, but also the way that things pop up and the actual responses and how he changes his inputs and how that inf affects the investigation. Very, very clever. And it, it held my interest throughout, which I was not expecting going in. Of course, it did wane a little bit. It could have been maybe 10, 10 minutes shorter, 15 minutes shorter, I think. But it worked. Toward the end, of course, uh, in these murder mysteries, or <clears throat> potential murder mysteries, I should say, it kind of devolves into some tropes, some stereotypes uh, as to the outcome. There's got to be a twist, and there's got to be another twist on the twist. And maybe it's a little saccharine or a little too pat at the end. But in any event, each twist made sense and uh, in this kind of a way. And it, nothing like uh, beggared, beggared my uh, belief or suspension of, of belief. And, and it was a very entertaining film. Not nearly on the level of 8th grade as far as resonance. Although I will say, uh, toward the beginning, they go through some of the home videos of the family. Uh, and yeah I, yeah, I shed a mighty tear. Yeah. That's right. Easy cry, but uh, very, very good movie, resonant in its own way, and uh, highly entertaining despite or because of the gimmick. So I would give that a solid 8 out of 10. Uh, each movie, I think, is a good one to watch for uh, the resonance in 2018 where merely logging on to Twitter and not uh, losing it, losing your mind, driving off a cliff is kind of an heroic act. You see now with the uh, the Kavanaugh hearings that are going on or the investigations that are going on, how a, a yearbook can come back to haunt you. Uh, just imagine if Elsie uh, Fisher from 8th grade ran for, uh, for president or for the Supreme Court 30 years from now. What would come back to haunt, to haunt her and to haunt all of us? So uh, a cautionary tale, but hey, it is what it is, right? And uh, the same things that I'm criticizing that I bemoan kind of from my old fogey traditionalist mindset, and I think actually are pretty bad uh, at heart and anti-social rather than social media. It's the same kind of a system that allows me to do this and to connect with the, you know, the small number, relatively speaking, a few thousands who actually care about a Catholic perspective on modern cinema and uh, reaping from the muck the precious diamonds. So I hope that I've done that today through the use of the media which I decry. That's right. I am a hypocrite, just like you. So that's it for this week's uh, portion of the Catholic Movie Guy podcast. Again, catch me on the radio this Friday. Hopefully we'll be back with uh, a fuller, uh, in-depth treatment with Bo or Tim or both. But if not, I'll be back by myself, and that'll be just fine for you. Until then, I am the Catholic Movie Guy, and I'm out.